Mike check. Mike check one two one two. Mike check one two one two. Yes, we're back for another episode. It's a taste to consider podcast. And I'm back. Back for another episode. Yes, I'm your host, Derek Silver. But we're gonna get into all of that. But first, you know how we do. It's a taste to consider podcast. We back for another episode. Let's go. I hope you're ready for another episode. I know I am. I invented sweat, popping bottles, putting supermodels in the cab, proof, I guess I got my swagger back, truth, new watch alert, new blows, all the big face rolly, I got two of those, arm out the window through the city, I maneuver slow, cock back, snap back, see my cut through the holes, damn easy and hove, where the hell you been, niggas talking real reckless, stop man, Live from the Mercer, run up on Yeezy the wrong way, I might murk it. Flee in the G450, I might surface. Political refugee asylum can be purchased. Uh, everything's for sale, got five passports, I'm never going to jail. I'm going to the podcast. Control level flow is never going on sale. Luxury rap, the Hermes of verses. Sophisticated ignorance, write my curses and cursive. I get it custom. You a customer, you ain't custom to going through customs. You ain't been nowhere, huh? And all the ladies in the house got them showing out. I'm done, I hit you up, man. Nah. Welcome to Havana. Smoking Cubanos with Castro and Cabanas. Via Mexico. Cubano, Dominicano, all the plugs that I know. Driving Benzes with no benefits. Not bad, huh? For some immigrants. Build your fences. We digging tunnels. Can't you see we getting money up under you? Can't you see the private jets flying over you? Say stick and sit a podcast. Jay is chilling. Yay is chilling. What more can I say? Hold up before we end this campaign. As you can see, we've embodied the damn lanes. Lord, please let them accept the Say sick and sit up Let's go. Say sick and sit up Yes. Say sick and sit up We are back for another episode. Well, let me officially introduce the show because I'll be forgetting. All the time. <laughs> I'll be forgetting all the time to officially introduce the show. <laughs> but here we go. (laughs) 
It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and we are back. Back for another episode. Yes, we are back for another episode of Taste to Consider Podcast. The podcast of many tastes. Yes, the podcast of many tastes. Whew. Three-day weekend. I decided to record on Sunday. Today is Sunday. So it was pretty much my Saturday for recording since we got the three-day weekend. Yes, I'm excited to be back. Ah, got a good show for you. Uh, apologies to all of the YouTube viewers for last week's episode. There wasn't no video, but I still posted the audio. I posted the audio because I still had to give <laughs> the YouTube or something. And I heard about it. I heard about it. So it was a technical difficulty. Hopefully we won't have that same thing this time. So we're going to blame it on Mercury Retrograde. The post-shadow phase of Mercury Retrograde was still rearing its ugly head uh, last week. So hopefully we don't have those same technical difficulties. You can find me on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, Google Play, uh, of course, YouTube. Shout out to all the YouTube viewers, the new subscribers. Make sure you subscribe uh, to the YouTube page. Make sure you, if you're listening to uh, the show on the streaming services, make sure you download, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know, support me on uh, Instagram as well as uh, Twitter. Um, what else? Uh Shout out to the UNU Network. Uh, all the shows on the UNU Network separate the two. Uh, three stars, two bars, reservation for three, unprocessed knowledge. Of course, myself. Make sure you um, check out all those shows. Um, yeah. So we back for another episode. I'm feeling good. Um, I want to finish this show in good time because, you know what I'm saying, I do want to catch the Sunday night game. I want to make sure the Dallas Cowboys – uh, lose, they better lose tonight, shoot after the debacle that my Washington Commanders took on Thursday night football, and I usually don't talk sports on this podcast, but I'm just about to just, I'm about to just have a little rant right now, not a full out rant, just a little, a little, a little taste, a little taste of something, but I am pissed off, I'm pissed off to the point where I'm not going to be watching no more Commanders, the dumbass name, I'm I'm done with the season. I'm done. I'm going to try my best to be done with the season. I already planned it out right now that every Sunday, every time the Commanders play, I'm going to take my black ass to the gym and just now nah, I'm not I'm not, I'm done with the shit. You know what I'm saying? If they don't care, I'm not going to care. <laughs> well, for them to come out there on that Thursday night game to play a team that is the worst team in the league and you lose and get not even lose you get your ass whooped blown out i'm done like i'm tired of this crap you know what i'm saying i'm tired of wasting my time and every sunday now that these bammers play these bammers i'm talking in my dmv accent and uh a dialect right now these bammers these bammers play I'm going to the gym. I'm going to get in the extra workout, whatever I need to do. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not 
I'm not I'm not doing it no more. I, I got a plan in place. I need to turn off my Bleacher Report uh, app notifications and I'm going to the gym on Sundays at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, whenever they play. The crazy thing about it is they play on Thanksgiving this year. So I'm going to have to find a strategic way not to make sure I watch this damn game on Thanksgiving because I ain't going to have pretty much no choice because the gym going to be closed and I'm going to be you know, at my parents' house while the game is going on. So I got to find a way to get around this. That might be the only time that I watch it. And I'm probably going to re- – excuse me, burp number one. I'm probably going to regret it because they're going to lose. And they just fucking disappointment. Just a disappointment. I'm just pissed off. I'm just pissed off on that shit. <laughs> so that's my little sports talk right now. <sighs> I got to take a breath. I got to close my eyes and just take a little breath. So back for another episode, yes. Um, got a good show for you. I put it together. I mean – most of my shows already be put together, but I just got to actually put them together, if that makes sense. I already know what I'm going to be talking about weeks in advance, um, but I actually have to put it down on paper. I'm that type of person. I got to write stuff down. I got to put it together. I got to have an outline and all that other stuff. I actually considered, um, <laughs> I actually considered, taste to consider. I actually considered just, you know what I'm saying, um, not putting no outline together and just putting the show. I mean, I'm deep in this podcast game. I've been doing it since 2017. Um, I know I can just do a show without doing an outline, but I, I like to be structured. That's the just the Capricorn in me. You know what I'm saying? Capricorn, Sun, Moon. No, I'm no. Let me let me backtrack. Capricorn, Moon, Venus, and Rising. I'm a Sagittarius Sun. So, you know what I'm saying? I got those little, those competing factors right there. Sagittarius is all over the, not, I don't want to say all over the place, but they like to be free. They like to be, you know what I'm saying? Exploring, wilding, learning, experiencing, and the Capricorn is more stable. So I always have those, uh, trying to find that balance between those, those two, those two signs, um. And I've talked about that plenty of times on this podcast before about how I think it's very interesting that I was made to have those two signs be so dominant in my in my, you know, natal chart. If you don't know what a natal chart is, use your Googles. But I think it's a good thing because the Capricorn calms down the Sagittarius in me. Uh, but the Sagittarius in me <laughs> rebels against the Capricorn in me. So, yeah. But, yeah, we back for another episode. Funny thing about, you know what I'm saying, last episode is there's been a lot of, um, last episode I talked about Drake. And there's been a lot of talk about Drake in the past, uh, since that last episode, since his album came out and stuff like that. So I just wanted, you know, to point out that, you know, I have this foresight, you know what I'm saying? I have this foresight where these things, these type of things are going to happen. So there's been a lot of talk about Drake's album and him as a person and all this other stuff. So I'm going to touch on that a little bit. And if you didn't hear what I said about Drake on the last episode, go back to the last episode, episode 105. This is episode 106. So the thing I got to say about Drake again on this actual episode is then he just needs to be himself 
he's gone through many of years of seeking this fame, this this attention, this validation that he will do anything to keep that. And now it's fading. You got to come to the point now, and this is my message to Drake. Um, you got to come to the point now that you just got to learn how to be yourself. Stop trying to follow these trends and jumping on this type of wave of you being one minute you you a tough guy, one minute you a ladies' man, one minute you this and that. And you know what I'm saying? You you named your album for all the dogs. I think that's what it was. <laughs> but you on the you on your album, you know what I'm saying, making diss records about women and stuff like that and just like this um uh, uh, I don't know who this guy is. And this is what I was saying all along. Like, it's nothing authentic about this dude. And I find, like, and this is not everybody, not all Drake fans, but I find a, uh, there's a, a good amount of Drake fans that, from my point of view, my opinion, my point of view, my opinion, that they're living through him. Just like, you know, most you know some people who live through celebrities and stuff like that and how they aren't they have their I ain't even going to go there but Drake need to find Drake need to be more authentic he needs to just who who are you because you've been plenty of different things since you've came out you know what I'm saying in in the atmosphere <laughs> Like, it's nothing authentic about this dude. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, people can love his music and all this other stuff. Like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I'm all for people doing whatever they want to do. I say that plenty of times on this podcast. But this dude is not an authentic dude. This dude is riding waves. He's riding trends and stuff like that. And people can't see past the celebrity. And this dude is just, I mean, I hate to say it. This dude is a corny dude this dude is lame like like ours like i said on the last podcast y'all can label me a hater if you want i don't care but this dude is nothing authentic about this dude like this dude is like the if you want to talk about industry plants this dude is the ultimate industry plants plant you ain't gotta agree with me but that don't you know what i'm saying like i always say you don't you don't have to agree with the things that i say um that's my opinion all that good stuff. Um, if you don't like it, you know what to do. <laughs> but we gotta come out this 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 thing right now where every time you you give some sort of criticism or you have some different opinion than the masses, that it's hate. Like we are all individuals in this world. We should all be having our own opinions, our own ways of looking at things and stuff like that. But the way this world is today and how social media pushes stuff out there anything that's opposite from the the collective is hate but that's my i'm I'm gonna get off of that i'm gonna get off of drake so we're gonna start this episode off with the blackity black woke segment 
So, you know, I got the clips. So I'm going to play some clips. Um, Blackity Black Woke segment. Let me uh, pull up the first clip right now. Let me see. Let me find the first clip. And and just to say this, you know what I'm saying, once again, and I'm go- I know I'm going to have to continue to say this more and more that I record and have my podcast and stuff like that. And this is why I say I don't debate. I don't debate with anybody because debating comes down to facts. It comes down to actual facts and truth and stuff like that. Everybody can have their opinions all day. So that is considered conversation. So we can have I'll have conversations with anybody. If you have a different opinion than me and all that other stuff, that's cool. I'm not going not like you because you have a different opinion than me. You know, a lot of people get so caught up into their emotions and stuff because somebody has a different opinion than them and then they don't like them or don't want to hear anything they got to say and stuff like that. But that's not me. So my podcast, you know what I'm saying? I just throw stuff out there for you, things for you to consider on all aspects of life, you know, um, if the truth makes you feel uncomfortable, then that's probably because, you know, you're so conditioned to believe the lie <laughs> that or the program that hand anything other than that is going to make you uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Blame the lie that made you comfortable. Don't blame me for presenting actual facts or truths to you. And don't, you know what I'm saying? It don't work that way. But that's that's the world we live in. Well, let me find this clip. All right, here we go right here. Let me pull it up. Hey, what's up, America? Well, I want to know how your state's refugee assistance program stacks up to mine. So I live in a Midwestern state, and we have a lot of people from Myanmar, Burma, coming over here as refugees to escape a fucking oppressive government, okay? And that's all fine. If you're escaping from an oppressive government, come on over, because fuck them. But here's the fucked up thing. Refugee assistance is more than most Americans will ever make in their entire life in the state I'm in. Let me tell you what they get. So here when refugee families come to the state I live in, they're automatically given $1,000 a month in food stamps and food assistance. Me, my family, when I was on food stamps several years ago, was capped out at $600 for the same amount of people, a man, a woman, and a kid. So refugees over here are given $180,000 in free money towards the purchase of a house, and they have to start paying for it within five years. But what they've been doing is staying in the house for four and a half years, and then selling it, pocketing the money, and then doing it again as a refugee, so they can keep doing it over and over and over and over again, effectively making themselves rich. Refugees here also don't have to pass any driving tests whatsoever. And because refugees have no credit, when they get cars, their credit is not fucking taken into consideration because of their status. So there are people that literally just got here three months ago that are driving $50,000 brand new SUVs on the road in the city I'm living in. So me as an American citizen, I can't get any money for a house. I can't get any money for a car. My credit is definitely taken into consideration, and I have to have a down payment on a house. I don't get to not make payments for five fucking years. And like I said earlier, my food stamps for me and my family several years ago were capped out at 600 but they get $1,000 as a matter of course just for entering the state. 
Oh, wait, did I hear job assistance and job placement for free too? Hey, I don't get that, but they do. So the big concern here that I have isn't the fact that people are getting shit for free. It's the fact that why don't I fucking get anything for free? I'm paying the taxes for this shit. So maybe you'd think that the people that are paying for this shit would deserve to have some of this shit as well. Apparently that's not in the fucking menu here in America. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell by his voice, that was a white dude. And what's interesting about that is <laughs> now the white people are feeling the, you know, feeling the effects of the migrants and these immigrants and stuff like that coming over here, taking stuff away from them. <laughs> they didn't have this problem before. This is stuff that, you know what I'm saying, uh, some black people, black Americans have been complaining about for a while, you know, uh, as far as the migrants, the immigrants, refugees or whatever, taking jobs and and stuff like that from them, from that, from our community. But now that white people are seeing that they're suffering economically from this, then it's a problem. And now it's not about race for them. It's about class. And now they having a problem with it. So I find that interesting. So you're going to see more of this now with this administration that's in already. And let me say this. When I post the my new shows and stuff on Instagram, because that's where I primarily post my uh, new shows on Instagram and Twitter. But my Instagram is tied to my Facebook. So automatically when I post on Instagram, it goes to my Facebook. But what I found out recently was my past three shows haven't been posted on Facebook. And I've talked about it plenty of times on the show, how Facebook has been caught with, um, what's the term? Um, damn, not blackballing. What's the damn term? I was just, I just had it in my head before I started recording. What's the hell is the term? Um, Basically, uh, my past three shows, when I've been, if people know about my posts, I post uh, um, what, what's been talked about on the show. Um, I post the actual, um, what I've written out on uh, the Spotify link on the description of the show. Um, so basically, that stuff hasn't been jumping it hasn't been posting on facebook because of when i write down the blackity black woke segment and i type in what i've talked about in that specific segment is obviously is getting flagged so my past three shows haven't been posting on facebook and i watch soon as i finish recording i'm going to think of the term um <laughs> but basically i'm being um blackballed or stonewalled or damn i can't think of the damn term i hate when this happens but yeah my uh past three shows haven't been posted on on uh facebook because of of uh, obviously because of the things that i've been posting on the description of what i've talked about in the blackity black woke segment so <laughs> i find that definitely interesting but not surprising because i've come across plenty of articles about how facebook has been making sure that they've been silencing people 
who have been speaking speaking against this particular administration. But so I won't be doing that again for a while. Um, I'm just going to be doing something a little basic, just saying blackity black woke segment and then just leaving it at that. So <laughs> I try to, you know, what I'm saying when I post about the show, I want to let everybody know what's being talking about, because I know every everybody isn't interested in everything that I talk about on each show. But I want the people who are actually interested in politics and certain things about you know um that's going on in the world outside of just relationship stuff and you know the other random conversations that i be having to see that so they can listen to the show you know i'm trying to build up the show um but i want i, I can't do that <laughs> anymore because obviously i'm going to be getting flagged and shit but yeah it's just funny now the white people the white community that isn't quote-unquote elite or rich or wealthy are feeling the same stuff that black americans have been feeling for a while when it comes to the migrants refugees immigrants and all that other stuff coming over here getting assistance and stuff that they shouldn't be getting you know what i'm saying we've earned this stuff you know what i'm saying black americans are still fighting for reparations and they're just throwing out money left and right to all these other communities but uh, let me move on to the next clip. And this 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 one right here is actually about uh, Ukraine. And this is an actual segment that was on CNN. And I'm surprised that it even made itself on to CNN because of how biased CNN has been towards the uh, Democratic Party and the Democratic Party and the Biden administration. Let me see if I can find it um, because I think I lost it because I had some issues with like that same night that I had issues with the video of the last episode. I had issues with my phone. My whole phone got wiped out and shit like that. Maybe I was telling too many truths and the powers to be. <laughs> that's my conspiracy hat on right now. The powers to be just wiped my phone out. <laughs> So let me see if I can find this clip because it was a good clip. Um, I had it in my, my phone before it got wiped out, but I don't know if... Let me see if I can find it again. This is going to be tough right here. Um, but I'm pretty good at um, researching stuff, but I want to make sure that I'm researching it quick so I can have it for you. all But... Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Let me see. Come on. Uh, where's that clip? Where's that clip? I know what page it came from, but I'm trying to see if I can find the actual clip. Um, let me see. Let me see. Uh, let me see if I can find it this way. Let me see. I think I should be able to find it this way. Here we go right here. Damn, I'm a great-ass researcher. Here we go. So let me pull this clip up, and let me play it for y'all. This money is going to American companies. Let me start it over, because I found it, and it started playing without me. It's worthwhile with all of this gaining, you know, some steam and public perception, to be clear on some facts. First and foremost, uh, the vast majority of this money is going to American companies and jobs, uh, right? Because those are the people who are making the Abrams tanks, the ammo, and everything else. And we take Lockheed Martin which makes the HIMARS that have been core to Ukraine's counteroffensive. 
The company announced it's going to increase its workforce in Camden, Arkansas by 20% just because of this new demand. That money's going to America. It's worthwhile with all of this gaining. Okay, so the clip is from a CNN um, story. And it says, quote, enough is enough, end quote. House GOP hardliners holding up Ukraine aid. And this was during um, all of the government shutdown talks and stuff like that. So basically what it was saying was it says CNN admits, quote, vast majority, end quote, of U.S. money to Ukraine is going to American companies. War is a racket. American companies equal defense contractors equals military industrial complex. So if you don't know by now, I mean, America is built off of its military. And basically what the clip was talking about was the fact that, you know, um, all this aid that's going to Ukraine is actually going to most of it is going to these American companies. And this is what I've talked about plenty of times before on how, one, war is big business. Two, this money is helping out these politicians, friends, the people who, you know, lobby for them and give them money for their campaigns and make sure that they get in the office and stuff like this. So here we are once again. Money just being thrown out, but they claim they don't have money for black Americans and just other Americans and the infrastructure in America or the America, America, America at, at whole. Like, when you look at other countries and how they're building themselves up, how they're investing in their children, their schooling, and you know what I'm saying? the infrastructure over in their countries and stuff like that. That's not happening over here. No more. No more. Maybe it was centuries ago, but not no more. Because a lot of these politicians are receiving money so they can give money back. So it's just all about big business. It's about helping out your friends. And our country is 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 like down, down on a downfall. It's downgrading itself because a lot of these politicians – uh, pocketing money and just looking at it as though you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm gonna help out these people or whatever I don't really care about the country as long as I got my pocket straight and what's interesting about that is um, a congressman recently passed Diane Feinstein and it's been reported that she's leaving behind a massive 100 million plus portfolio portfolio to her four daughters and this is supposed to be a public servant, right? These congressmen and stuff like that, they're supposed to be public servant, these politicians. And these politicians, when they're in these positions, they usually just make six-figure salaries, which is good, you know? But you find out later on that they're worth eight figures. I mean, look at Obama. Look at uh, second Bush, first Bush. Look at all these, look at all these mammoths. It says, this is what it says, this is what is being reported that Diane Feinstein has left behind. A $60 million private jet, a $20 million, $21 million San Francisco mansion, a $7.4 million Washington, D.C. home, a $5 million Hawaii, Hawaii home, 
a $70 million in cash in the bank. It says experts estimate her personal net worth was over $70 million. Excuse me, burp number three. Burp number four. How is that not showing corruption? And this ain't the only politician that is living this this type of life. Like all this money, even outside of the money that's going to military aid for Ukraine, there's been reports of a lot of these Ukrainian officials that's in these high positions um, since our country has been sending money over there. They have been purchasing homes in other countries, million dollar homes and stuff like that. So this is the stuff that we 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 just let slide because we focused on other shit, <laughs> other shit. So back to the migrants and the um, immigrants, asylum seekers, whatever they want to call them. This is coming from the office of the governor from Illinois. They gave $430 million was specifically set aside to help, quote unquote, asylum seekers. And they're calling it humanitarian aid. So we always hear these terms when it comes to in the political space, just like we hear a lot of terms in the social media space or mental health space, gaslighting, love bombing and triggering all this other stuff. These are key words that are thrown around, but mean something totally different. It's, it's like an umbrella effect. These terms are the top of the umbrella, but it fans out into a whole bunch of other crap. They setting aside $430 million for these quote-unquote asylum seekers. It was a, it was another, it's been plenty of reports in New York, Chicago, other big cities, even small cities, small town cities in the United States where they've been throwing out this quote-unquote humanitarian aid and stuff to these immigrants and migrants and asylum seekers, asylum seekers to give them homes you know a place to save food money in their pocket um loans and stuff like that in order for them to have a life over here and i've talked about plenty of times how it's primarily coming from the democratic party it's coming from the democratic party because the Democratic Party is 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 trying to make sure that they establish a new base because their old base is dying down. Their old base being the black community, as well as a lot of the white community over here already is dying down. They're not rep reproducing the same way. But we continuously got homeless people over here. Our, like I said, our infrastructure is falling down. It's not being, you know what I'm saying, tended to. The schooling system is being downgraded and all that other stuff. So it's just like these mamas don't care. <laughs> and it's just like we just letting it slide because we don't care either. <laughs> all right, moving along. Homeownership is now unaffordable in 80% of U.S. counties per atom. And this ain't surprising. One, it's not surprising because of 
the interest rates going up over and over again. The interest rate just went up a little bit more. It's like up to 8% right now. And this interest rate is going up from uh, the Fed. That's not even a federal agency. We have a, I don't even know what to call them, a, a company, a system, or whatever. That's not a government agency, but it's dictating our interest rates in our country. I'm a homeowner. I've been a homeowner for 11 years now. And my interest rate ain't nowhere near no damn 8%. <laughs> and I would love, like, I, I would love to have a new house right now. I, I, will, I will want to have a new house right now. And I know it's a lot of people out there who want to buy homes as well. But this definitely ain't the time. Like, from my perspective, my advice, like, this is not the time to buy a new home. It's not. Because them interest rates is 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 deaf. It's deaf. It's gonna have you it's gonna have you struggling on another level. It's just crazy that we just let this type of stuff slide. We don't fight it or whatever because we get so emotional about picking sides and choosing and all this other stuff. It says on average, homeowners are now allocating a staggering 35% of their wages to cover the various costs associated with owning a home. Man, that's rough. It's rough out here. It is rough. But I think that's I, I think I'm in the blacky black woke segment off of that. I think I think that's the end. Um, it's it's like it's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world. Um, most recently, you know, um, some other stuff has been going on with other countries and declarations of war and stuff like that. I gotta be honest. I'm I'm trying to be careful. I want to talk about it, but I'm trying to be careful about. I'm not talking about it, but these other countries, this, you know what I'm saying, having these these battles and this these wars right now. What I want to say about it is be careful about posting and believing what is being presented to you because it is not the truth. It is nowhere near the truth. Nobody should be suffering from violence, being killed and all that other stuff. Nobody should be dealing with that. But there are two sides to this story. Two sides to the story. One, one of the, what I will say about this this whole thing is is that our government recently gave six billion dollars to Iran. That six billion dollars has been reported to have gone to another country, another group that is fighting against a country that our country is really in love with, that wants to protect and all that other stuff. So it's not being talked about because how I feel is we're being played. We're being played. We're being presented with just one side of the story and <laughs> i hate to just be 
talking like this because I just want to say it. All right, I'm going to just say it because other people are talking about it. Israel and Palestine have been going at it for years. Palestine has had that territory for a long time. Israel came over there and said, no, this is our our country. This is our land, so we're going to take it from you. And they've been they've been over there killing people, taking people's homes, all that other stuff for years. For years. But now that the Palestinians are fighting back and having a little more structure to their fighting back. Now it's a problem. Everybody's supporting Israel and all that other stuff. You got to you got to pay attention to just how things are laid out to you, like. From the moment that I can remember that I've been I paid attention to politics and this is at a very, very young age that our country has been in love with Israel for some reason. And our country gives tons of money to Israel every year, every year, tons of money. But now that. Palestine and the group Hamas is fighting back on a greater level because they received this money from Iran that the United States government gave to Iran, then now it's a problem. You see all these people posting about Israel, this, all that other stuff. But what about all the people who died, all the Palestinians that died? Like, I'm not I'm not rooting for either side, you know what I'm saying? Because all I care about is what's going on over here for my people. But all I'm saying is... Don't believe everything that's presented to you. Like, we are smart enough. We have the resources enough to go look for the actual truth of of everything. And you can find it. It's not hard to find. But over here, they know most people are not going to do that. And they lay stuff out there for you to not look for. They lay distractions and stuff out there. So... It ain't no secret that the CIA in our country, they do things like this. They plan wars. They 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 do shit. They just do shit. <laughs> so all I'm saying is don't believe everything that you're hearing. Don't believe everything that you're saying. Take a moment to consider some other information because everything that's presented to you isn't facts. It's propaganda. And one thing that this country has been built on is propaganda when it comes to war. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm, I'm going to get off of the blackity black woke segment. Shit, the, the podcast, I don't know, like keywords, you know, they be spying on us and all that other stuff. I don't know if the podcast going to get blackballed or <laughs> uh, shadow ban. That's the term, shadow ban. I knew I was going to figure it out. I've been shadow banned plenty of times on Instagram, on social media and stuff because of the things that I've posted in my stories and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that's why I be that's why I be so big on like telling y'all to support me, share, like and stuff like that, because I need I need the help from the people who claim to support me, who actually support me to push me through that shadow ban because I get shadow banned a lot. <laughs> Just for things that I speak on when it comes to the Blackity Black Woke segment. But that's the end of the Blackity Black Woke segment. We're going to get into the to the other stuff. The stuff, the distractions, the, the yeah, 
all that other good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, Tia Maori. I've talked about her plenty of times before on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. I know, like, the YouTubers are seeing me rolling my eyes, shaking my head, because I'm just like, bro. Like, how? She's doing too much talking. Like, her ex-husband, Corey Hardick, he ain't been doing nothing. He's just been chilling, you know what I'm saying, working and stuff like that. But she's just finding any and every way to talk about him without saying his name in a disrespect. To me, it's disrespectful and stuff like that. You know, he's the child. He's the father of your children and stuff. And you find in every possible way to bring this man up. And he's not even speaking to anything. He's been very, as far as I know, I don't know these people. And I don't care to know these people. But I bring this stuff up because the collective, you know what I'm saying, the general public gets so caught up into it. And they don't want to see anything outside of it because they, they're feeding off of the things that, they've gone through in their life they projecting and stuff like that off of celebrities and it's like like when we gonna quit this shit when we gonna quit worrying about these people and improving ourselves and worrying about our own lives and stuff so recently she tweeted uh just because the dating life is complicated doesn't mean i'm going to go back to something that no longer served me that's like saying if i don't book an audition um or a part right away i'm going to give up on my dreams as an actor please just stop i ain't that weak please move on because i have thank you next like we have been trying to move on but you keep bringing this shit to our attention i'm like come on now oh my goodness and you can often tell people who are looking for validation or just just so focused on they need attention like they they need attention so they'll bring up stuff themselves in order to get some type of sympathy or you know start a conversation and stuff like that like we're smart enough to understand this because we've all done it at some point in our lives and we've experienced people doing it you know what i'm saying to us oh my goodness <laughs> and she's saying that her her marriage wasn't serving her but it doesn't seem like the dating scene is serving you either and it was crazy because like last episode i talked about certain uh pages on social media that you know what i'm saying aren't um that be playing you know what i'm saying playing into this bullshit and having us all caught up into this stuff excuse me burp number six burp number six all right so the tweet I just read was actually reposted on this on spiritual word page. So what was funny about it was that Tia Mary Tia Maori found out about all of this, you know, that it, you know what I'm saying, it was posted on that page. So she was in the comments arguing with people. Not just one person. She was in the comments arguing with people. Arguing with people. Like, and that's how you know when people are triggered or keyword triggered, they hurt or is some truth to the things that people are saying because they have to keep trying to prove their point or, you know what I'm saying, get some validation from it. So she's in the comments, man. I mean, she's in the comments arguing with multiple people, not just one person. And that's how you know, like, I've talked about it um how she's trying to convince herself and you know what i'm saying 
she's still feeling some type of way about it. it. It's obvious she has some animosity towards her ex because she won't even reference his name when she speaks about him. And I'll play a, play a clip that, you know what I'm saying, shows this. But, yeah, like, she was in a comment saying, like, do you know me? Do you know my life? The answer is no. Stop answering for me. I could, I could be actually in a relationship right now, but you do, but, but do you know that? No. And I sure as hell would let the world know. She's doing all caps and stuff. I was struggling trying to read what she's saying because it was kind of off. But yeah, she's in that joint with all caps and everything. And it's just like, bro, come on, man. <sighs> it is sad. It's sad. To me, it's sad. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I don't know her and I don't care to know her or know these people or anything like that. I look at celebrities just like regular ass people. Um, But here go the clips. Right. I'm, I'm going to start with playing one of the clips. And she is from an interview that she did. And you'll you'll see like when she's referencing, referencing, referencing. When she's talking about <laughs> when she's talking about her uh her ex husband, how she don't even mention his name. She just say him or something like that. But here we go. How hard is it in the dating oh, world now? Oh <laughs> What is it like out there for for, for a single woman? Shot of tequila. No, I've been single for five years, so um, I don't know what this world is like out there. But I know it. But from what I see and from what I hear, it is tough. It is very tough, and it is exhausting. <laughs> like, it's exhausting. I'm gonna throw the towel in. <laughs> Someone had told me, and I was, I, I, I wanted to be like, no, I, I disagree with you, and I don't want to believe it. My last relationship, when dating was, you know, when I was, you know, dating this person, Corey. it was beautiful. <clears throat> it was amazing. It was wonderful. <laughs> See when she was dating this person, she wouldn't even say his name. So I'm gonna play the rest of the clip. I'm about to run to the bathroom because the clip is kind of long. So yeah, I'm gonna take this opportunity to run to the bathroom without stopping the recording. So YouTubers, you about to see me missing for just a minute or two. <laughs> there was courting that was you know involved, um, and I was saying how I feel like that's no longer you know. Uh, present meaning like people just don't court each other anymore and this person was like well you know that's just that's old news like people people just don't do that anymore there's just this whole new way of doing things and I'm like you mentioned tradition you know and I think that's where it kind of needs to go back to you know where you know a man is um courting a woman and, and showing her you know how much he appreciates her and wants her and loves her or wants to be with her, they have this mentality right off the bat that there is someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there could be someone else. That is it that they're the prize? Yes. Yes. We talking deep here. Yes. We about to get into it. Oh my God, that the, that the man is the prize. The man is the prize. Yes. I'm talking loud. Yes. Also, it seems as if men are now just looking at women <laughs> as objects. Things are so, um, it's like instant gratification. You know what I mean? Like she can she, she's struggling with even her talking points right now. Like, cause she noticed stuff that she's saying is BS, but let me go ahead and let it play. I'm about to stop it in a few, 
and and talk about it but then i'm gonna let the rest of the video play just want something like quick quick and easy and now but wait all right i'm gonna stop it here and i'm gonna let the rest of the i'm gonna let the out the other commentary play from that clip but for one the last thing that she said men aren't looking for instant gratification and some people might say well isn't them just trying to hit to have sex with a woman instant gratification not necessarily for the simple fact that The men who actually just looking for sex, they still have to put in work for it. Because of the, the times that we live in, not even now, but just period, most women ain't giving up sex off the break. And I said most women. There are some women out here that will give up sex off the break. But most women out here aren't giving sex up on the break because of all of the, the stigmas and the narratives around guys just wanting to have sex. So guys aren't necessarily looking for instant gratification. Most guys know that they're going to have to put in some type of work to get sex from a woman. But there is a pocket of women. I ain't even going to say a pocket. I'm going to say it like this. And, and I'm not talking about every woman, but majority of the women they do want instant gratification. But it's based off of the program and the fairy tale um, narrative that's been placed upon them for years. All women want that instant gratification of being loved, feeling loved, getting married, having a family, and, and having this fairy tale. So that's the instant gratification. Like men, men is ne have never been looking for that ain't that that's not most men's MO. Because most men understand that they're going to have to put in work to get some sex from a woman. <laughs> but what I do agree with her about this clip in this clip is that, you know, courting is a lost art. But I feel like that goes for both sides. I feel like most men don't know how to court because they haven't been taught that and because they just looking for some ass. So they're not going to go that route. But I also am going to say that most women don't value themselves enough to date men or put a boundary in place for men to actually court. Most women just want that instant gratification, so they'll let certain stuff slide, which is some of the courting aspect. I want to say more, but I'm just going to let the clip play, and then maybe I'll get to it. There's more. 
Tia also went on Twitter saying, just because the dating life is complicated doesn't mean I'm going to go back to something that no longer served me. That's like saying if I don't book an audition or a part right away, I'm going to give up on my dreams as an actor. Please just stop. I ain't that weak. Please move on because I have. Thank you. Next. But how's the dating life serving you? One thing about that grass... It's only as green as where you water it. Now, I'm not going to speak of her marriage. I don't know the ins and outs of that. I'm not going to speak of that because that's not my concern. But what I will speak on is that we need to get rid of this mentality of moving on from things that no longer serve us when it comes to relationships. I mean, what if everybody thought that way when it came to marriages? You know what? I'm not. But most people do think that way, especially in these times right now because of social media. Social media is gave this false perception that there's all of these options out here for you. But just like she said in this commentary right here, the grass is only greener where you water it. So if you're not intent on trying to water anything, then you're just going to keep jumping as soon as that grass turns brown or some weeds grow or it gets a little difficult to cut it or you may not feel like cutting it so then you move on to a a yard that's a little bit more manicured and then as soon as it has those same problems you jump to another yard and then another yard then another yard but then you find yourself later on there ain't no more manicured lawns for you to jump to so then you start saying that man um What's going on with nature right now? Nature ain't doing so. Nature, you know what I'm saying? Nature ain't the same that it used to be. Nature is, uh, you start blaming nature now. Now there ain't no more grasses for you to jump, yards to jump to. And then you start blaming nature. But when is it going to be about how you're tending to these yards? Well, let me go back to the clip. <laughs> Getting anything out of this anymore, so... I'm out. How many marriages would there be if we honestly all thought like this? I'm so grateful to have been married for almost a year now. And let me tell you something. Marriages work. There will be times where you don't feel like your partner is meeting your needs. And there will be times your partner might feel the same way. But at our big grown age, what do we do when we encounter situations like this? We communicate. We articulate. We affirm. We build up. We don't abandon ship when things get hard and rocky. And again, this is not speaking on her previous marriage because I don't know the ins and outs. I'm just generally speaking. And this is not to say that our needs don't matter because obviously they do. But sometimes we have to take our eyes off of ourselves and look at the big picture. For example, instead of complaining how you wish you and your husband would spend more and more time together, realize that this man is going out busting his butt to provide for you guys and you see to capitalize on the moments that you do spend with each other. The moments that he does make for you, make the most out of it. Go all out. Instead of complaining and saying, "Ugh, I wish my husband would pick up after himself more, you could say, you know what, I'm so glad that he's able to easily pick up something at the store if he's out on the road for me, but I'm not able to. Like, you two aren't perfect. You're gonna mess up. Both of you, but you're both imperfectly perfect for each other. I don't know, maybe I'm just different. I didn't come into a marriage thinking, okay, how can this serve me? What can I get out of this? I came into my marriage thinking, okay, how can I serve this man? How could I build him up to be a better man than he already is? What can I do as a wife to make his life easier? I think if a lot of us have that mentality of seeing how we can serve instead of always looking how we can be served, 
that our marriages would be a little bit different. Huh. And y'all not gonna huh. like me, but the man is the prize, okay? My man was the prize. If it weren't for my man, I would not be a wife today. Hello, somebody. If it weren't for my man, I would not be able to potentially bring a child into this world. If it weren't for that man, I wouldn't have a father from our children. No, we don't have kids yet. And if it weren't for that man, I would not be as level-headed as I am today. If it weren't for that man, and I'd be coming home at dark hours. Yeah, well, she she's going on and on about that. But, ba like, this prize talk and who bring what to the table and all that other stuff, this shit is just getting old. Like, it's obvious people aren't mature enough to understand that both people bring stuff to the table and both people can be the prize. And it's just it's just getting it's just it's just ridiculous at this point. And I came across this tweet that I thought was real funny, but at the same time it explained like this whole situation when I was just talking about the yards and stuff, but it explained it. This is a woman that that wrote this tweet. <laughs> and she said, "Let me explain this in sports terms." She had a guaranteed contract that paid out at the end of the year. She got tired of the team and severed the contract with no guarantee to pay out. Now she a free agent with two bad knees and a low probability to be a franchise player. She's now getting passed up by most teams for newer, fresher prospects. And now she wishes she could go back to her old team, but they don't have it in the budget cap anymore <laughs> i mean like i said i don't i don't i don't care about you know what i'm saying i don't know them and all that other stuff but uh the the signs are are there that you know what i'm saying it's not going well for her but people can't get past the celebrity of the situation so they'll project their situations on to them or or somebody else's situation that was already projected onto them. And it's just a domino effect right there. So um I'ma play it. I'ma play this clip again. This this clip comes from the last clip I just played from TMR, but I just want to just focus on it a little bit more. You mentioned tradition, you know, and I think that's where it kind of needs to go back to, you know, where, you know, a man is um, courting a woman and, and showing her, you know, how much he appreciates her and wants her and loves her or wants to be with her. And I feel like what's happening now, and again, I've only been in the world for a few months, is they have this mentality right off the bat that there is someone else. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like there, there could be someone else. That is it that they're the prize? <laughs> What I found interesting about this particular portion of the clip, what she's saying is, is that um, she started off by saying that when she was with her ex-husband, that when he was courting her or whatever, it was beautiful and all that other stuff. But now they're divorced. So it's like, is it a situation where what I've already talked about before, where people get caught up into what they see outside and it looks different than what they're actually experiencing so they're being selfish or they're being entitled or um what i do know about women is that women are 
they they desire emotional stimulation and some women aren't mature enough to understand that they can't have everything that they want and they they aren't going to have it at every moment that they walk this earth you know some women are more mature to understand that there are phases in life there are seasons in life there the you know life has waves to it and sometimes you just have to ride the wave you know so they're committed they're intentional about the person that they're with whether they're married or not but some people are just entitled some people are spoiled some people are selfish some people are I mean, I hate to say this, narcissistic. I hate to say them keywords, but, you know, because some people just throw the, those keywords around and not understand the definitions of it. But some people are just, they don't know how to appreciate a person outside of them getting everything that they want. They fall victim to... The external, social media, the good, good girlfriend's relationship or what's being thrown in their ear and stuff like that. And forgetting what they signed up for, who the actual person is that they fell in love with, who they care about and stuff like that. So they're looking for the next best thing to stimulate them or to make them feel good or, you know, whatever. Yes. We talking deep here. Yes. We about to get into it. Oh my god, that th that the man is the prize. The man is the prize. Yes. I'm talking loud. Yes. That is so true. Like they've taken it off of the woman. The woman. We read the scriptures, we look in the Bible that <sighs> the man and just just the, they think that they having a, such a deep conversation or whatever. You ain't heard anything about the man being a prize from a man for, first. You ain't never that shit started coming from women and it started on social media. You kept hearing women say that from jump that the men thinking they did prize. You ain't never heard no man think that because men don't speak like that. <laughs> Do they think that? Is there some men that think that way? Sure, there is. But you don't hear that coming out of their mouth. <laughs> so that's not the narrative coming from a man. And you got to ask yourself, like, why are, you, why are you experiencing this situation? Like I talked about it last episode. Why are you experiencing, why you keep experiencing these type of situations? What is that saying about, about you? You know, um, what about you keeps attracting this type of stuff? What about you keeps seeing, um, seeing, how am I, how I want to word this? I'm going to just play the rest of the clip. He <laughs> becomes more infatuated with himself. It's this narrative out here that's saying that men shouldn't care about themselves, that men shouldn't think highly of themselves, have confidence in anything like that. I'm not, I'm not saying be arrogant or, here go the word again, narcissistic or anything like that. What I'm saying is, like, men should feel that they bring something to the table, that they should feel confident in themselves, that they should feel as though that they're capable, they're able, 
Like, we just thrown in the dirt at times. <laughs> like, it's crazy. But this ain't all women. Like I said, I'll never say no, no thing that it's all women that think this way or say these things or whatever. And if you're triggered by it or it bothers you, then there might be some truth to it. And I get it because it's things that bother me or may trigger me. And I know it's coming from a place of an insecurity or something like that. I, I get that. But moving on. <laughs> oh, man. But she's she is definitely speaking all over the place. And it's getting to the point where, you know, it seems that she's trying to convince herself and people are falling. Some people are falling along with it and and rooting it on and just not understanding. We don't know what the hell went on in their marriage. We don't know what's going on right now with them, too, because they still have a relationship because they co-parenting. But a lot of people, like I said, so caught up into social media and thinking that there's so many options out here because that's how social media presents it, that they're underestimating the world out here when it comes to dating and stuff. But that happens because most of them didn't respect their relationship, respect the person that they're in the relationship with. And now they're kind of suffering <laughs> because of it but I got another clip and I'm gonna play it right now here we go you've actually done some research looking at what predicts divorce what did you find the most long-standing research into marriage and relationships was by the Gottman Institution and they studied 10,000 couples in a lab over a couple of days they were able to predict with 80% accuracy which couples would stay together and which ones would get divorced within a year and it was simple thing as responding to each other's bids for connection what I mean by this is when we have a partnership where one person comes home and expresses an emotion the other one picks up on it that partnership has the base levels to last a really long time so it could be a simple thing like you come home from work and say oh, i'm so tired and your partner says why what's wrong simple connection from that connection they trust each other and then they start to lean into each other but if you come home and you're like i'm so tired and your partner either says nothing or says why are you tired i'm the one that's been with the kids all day that turning away from each other's emotional needs is the training ground for divorce hey I've said this plenty of times before. I've seen it. I've experienced it. A lot of people was in relationships or partnerships with each other. They competing with each other. They don't respect each other. Um, they lose a connection if they ever had a connection because it's all about themselves. What I'm going through and what I'm experiencing, what you're not doing, and all this other stuff, it's a, it's a competing factor going on. You can't connect with a person unless you're actually vulnerable with a person. If there ain't no communication going on, you can't have no connection. If there isn't any vulnerability, you can't have a connection. If you don't respect your partner or the person you're in a relationship with, there can't be no connection. A lot of people out here that's in relationships or partnerships and 
Well, I can't even say a partnership because if you ain't connecting with the person you're in a relationship with, y'all definitely ain't partners. But it's a lot of people out here just selfish. People don't know how to be selfless because they stuck in a victim mentality. They gone through stuff in their childhood or in their life to the point where they always in victim mode or they in defensive mode that they don't want to connect with their partner or they look at their partner as not being worthy of of uh, care or affection or love or whatever because they looking at it like, well, I'm not getting it and all this other stuff, but this is what I deserve and all. Just you, these things definitely come out when when arguments happen. So I'm not surprised by, you know, what was said in this clip and and what was, you know, found out in this study. (laughs) But I'm going to move on to the next clip. You do not pick partnerships based on pleasure. You pick partnerships based on purpose. And I think that's where a lot of people get messed up. There are a lot of people you can be compatible with but they're not going in the same direction as you. The pleasure wears off when you get in a pit. Like when when it ain't working, when we lost the money, when you used to dress up for me and now you looking like a grandma, like all of those things, that's when you have to pick partners that you remember. Why did we get together? What was the purpose of this? What did we say we were gonna do? And so a lot of times when people are starting to date and have fun and do all the different things, they're not thinking purpose. And it's hard to think purpose when you have not spent enough time with yourself personally. And that's what I've been saying this for a minute on this podcast about that's why I said there needs to be. That's why I say words are important. Words are important and the definition of these words are important. But people don't focus on that. People just like to use just throw out words or whatever and not actually understand the meaning behind these words and stuff. That's why I say anybody can have a relationship. You can relate with anybody. You can have a good time with anybody. You can relate to anybody on any type of different level. But is that actually, are you actually combat compatible with this person? Can you actually have, burp number seven, can you actually have a partnership with this person? Burp number eight. And a lot of people, they think just because you have a good time with a person, you know what I'm saying, y'all get along on a certain level, that that warrants a relationship or that warrants compatib- that warrants a partnership or that warrants compatibility. Like I can go out here right now and, and find plenty of women that I can relate to. But am I actually compatible with these people? Like, can I actually have a partnership with these people? Can I actually have a purpose with these people? Can I actually build something with these people? That ain't the case. And that's why that's why I always be saying, like, you got to be intentional about the situation. Like. Any dude out here can put in work to get some butt. 
to get, you know what I'm saying, get some sex from a woman. <laughs> like, that's easy. Because it's easy to relate to somebody. Oh, you like to go, you're a foodie. You like to go to restaurants and eat food. You like to have a drink or whatever. You like to uh, play pool. You like to, uh, you like sports or you like flowers. Or I don't know, anything. It's easy to relate to somebody <laughs> because, like, as as big as this world may be, it actually is smaller than what you think it is. Like, I can relate to anybody out here. Oh, you like cars. Oh, you like Chinese food. Oh, you like Italian food. Oh, you like sushi. Let's go get some sushi. And we have a good time. And you can build off of that and think that, you know what I'm saying, um, this person could be the one. And then most women's minds, because of how they've been programmed to think that, having a good feeling or having that pleasure that it is a foundation for something that can be greater but from a man's aspect a man is can date a woman and once he gets to know her well enough then he decides that yeah this ain't the one for me but then he will get demeaned, chastised, looked at bad because he didn't propose to her or start a family with her or get into a partnership with her. But that's how men work. Men, we identify a woman that we're interested in based off of her physical first. Then we plan to get to know her if our intention is to get to know her outside of just getting some sex. And if we ain't feeling her, then we move along to the next one. But in women's eyes, the way that they've been programmed is, is that if you meet a man and things are going good or whatever, then it's supposed to be happily ever after. The fairy tale is supposed to present itself and, you know what I'm saying, y'all go on and live this wonderful life. And that ain't how it works. And that's where it comes. That's when it comes down to understanding. And that's something that is totally not happening between men and women, <laughs> particularly in the black community. There isn't any understanding between men and women. All right, let me play this next clip. Every day is pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. So what happens is the brain starts to seek pleasure rather than peace. And when men or women, when they meet someone peaceful, they label it as boring. And they're always seeking somebody who gives them some form of pleasure or dopamine. And the best person that gives you dopamine is a toxic attachment. What happens with a toxic attachment is you get preoccupied with that person. You're thinking about them, where are they, why are they called, blah, blah, blah. And that toxic attachment, they mislabel that as love. And it's just preoccupation. So they forget to look for peace. They consider somebody where it's boring, simple, monotonous. They consider that boring. And that's why I say, like, with women, they're emotional beings. So they need that that stimulation. Like, and if they aren't mature enough to understand that everything ain't going to go their way and they're not going to be pleasured at every moment that they experience with whatever person that they're dating or whatever, 
then they're going to be seeking that pleasure all the time. It's an addiction. It's a straight addiction. Like, I'm I'm just feeling inclined to play the clip again, so I'm just going to play it again. Every day is pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. So what happens is the brain starts to seek pleasure rather than peace. And when men or women, when they meet someone peaceful, they label it as boring. And they always... And we've heard this plenty of times before from the women's side. This dude's boring. This dude's boring. Uh, this and all that other stuff. <laughs> like... And most of the time when, if you actually look at the women who's saying this, these women is toxic as hell. These women is toxic. They, they have insecurities. They are very insecure. They are always seeking some type of validation. Like, social media is good for a lot of things as well as bad. But in the dating game, if you're like a very observant person, you're a mature person and stuff like that, if you look at the women who always looking at a dude as being born and, and this and that, some type of disdain, they always seeking some type of validation. You can you can tell by the things that they post on their on their uh social media pages, how they dress on their social media pages, um, the type of things that they say, the type of things that they put out there. Um to other women to get validation based off of the experiences they're having with men or whatever they trying to seek validation from other other women who's experiencing the same thing and you know what i'm saying it's a lack of accountability it's a lack of growth it's a lack of healing going on right there seeking somebody who gives them some form of pleasure or dopamine and the best person that gives you dopamine is a toxic attachment what happens with a toxic attachment is you get preoccupied with that person. You're thinking about them, where are they, why are they called, blah, blah, blah. And that toxic attachment, they mislabel that as love. And it's just preoccupation. So they forget to look for peace. They consider somebody where it's boring, simple, monotonous. They consider that boring. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, we, we, we see this stuff all the time on social media. I need to, I need... I need, um, I'm looking for this person to provide me peace or a safe space and all this other stuff. No, no. You should be your own peace. You should be your own safe space or whatever. That's not to say that anybody that you spoke, that the person that you're dating or dealing with or whatever aren't supposed to, to be a peaceful person or whatever. Like, You shouldn't you shouldn't be looking for somebody to be your peace, but you want them to be you want to be able to be peaceful with and around them. And that's where people have have totally lost all of this <laughs> because they're looking for somebody to provide. They're looking for a validation or an experience or a feeling from a person as opposed to actually providing that for themselves and then going out into the world and being able to recognize what isn't peaceful for them or what isn't safe for them based off of what they've already provided for themselves. If I'm, if I'm already providing a peaceful and safe space for myself, then I should already be able to recognize when this person is toxic 
or this person is isn't safe and that makes it easier for me to not deal with them or to walk away when they actually present this to me. On to another clip. You talk about a compatible partner. It requires you to actually know who you are, not who you pretend to be, not your. And that's what I'm saying. Like you should, you should already be this person before you go out into the world. Before you start dating and dealing with people. If I'm already this person, I already know myself, I'm already peaceful, I'm already comfortable with myself, secure with myself or whatever. Once this person presents this bullshit or this toxic shit to me, then I know, oh yeah, this ain't the person for me. But if you aren't that, if you're looking for somebody else to provide that for you, then you're going to be dealing over and over again with the bullshit, with the bullshit. And even when that person presents this peaceful stuff to you, if that person, if you aren't, if you're toxic and the person that you're meeting, dating, dealing with is a peaceful person or whatever, you're going to find it boring or you're going to try to stir up something to fulfill or to validate that toxic shit that's within you. And people don't understand that because there's a lot of people out here that aren't self-aware and they don't know who they are as a person. They don't understand themselves. They just on autopilot and keep going over and over again, dealing with the same stuff and blaming everybody else and not looking at themselves in the mirror. Dating profile, not who you be capping like you want to... I ain't even gonna say you capping, not who you plan to be in the next three years. It's who you are right now, like today. Bro, I know it's only a few ladies out there that probably could even fuck with that on a day-to-day basis, bro. Because there's some days I don't even fuck with me for real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and I, gotta, I gotta have a partner that understand that. That mean that the general body, the women that I can just smile at because she think I'm cute and I think she cute, the women that we can kick it hard, the women that we could go on a couple of days, all of them not going to be that. And I have to be okay with that. There's peace in that. Knowing that all of this stuff is not supposed to last a lifetime, bro. Some of this stuff is seasonal. I don't even have to invest that much into it, bro. That that makes this stuff so much simpler. You feel me? Like, but it, again, it's the pressure. People want a partner just to say, "I got somebody." Huh? Yeah. I'm not alone, and that ain't hard to do. But, but it ain't but hard, hard to, to get over doing. You either. don't like yourself, though. Facts. That part. It's hard Facts. to sit with only you. When you hate some people are conditioned to be toxic. So if they aren't experiencing it, they think it's a problem. They think something going on. They think, you know, the person is born or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what these people be thinking. Um, but they will they will stir up stuff or they will I don't they bruh, this stuff confuses me. It it really confuses me. I mean, I get it on a certain level because, you know, I ain't going to say I used to think that way, but I understand it to a certain degree because I've, you know what I'm saying, I've I've had insecurities, I've gone through depression, I've gone through anxiety, and I've been been in instances where I've been hypervigilant and stuff like that where, you know, my own thoughts would take me to places that wasn't true, but it was because I was used to 
um, a certain way of thinking or feeling and stuff because of my childhood and what I've experienced with my parents from neglect and rejection and abandonment and stuff. So this is what, you know, but yeah, some of this stuff is like way deeper than I know of, <laughs> but it is, is, is real is out there. And just from a man's point of view, like, and all women, they they want, they they quote unquote take, but there are a lot of good women out here, and that's fine that you know what I'm saying they take that they have needs, they have wants or whatever, but. what makes it more easier to recognize who, you know what I'm saying who's in this toxic space and who's in the opposite of toxic spaces what are they giving to you you know um how does she you know does she nurture you does she care about you what are the things that she do um there's a lot of indicators out here like is like some of the most simplest things when you take a woman out on a date or whatever you pay for the meal or whatever if, if she desires to give the tip or if y'all been dating for a while and then she offers to pay for another date or you know you take her out but she offers to pay for the date or if she you know takes you out on a date or if she buys stuff for you if y'all y'all both have homes or whatever if she comes over and she's kind of invested into making your adding to your your space in some type of way and and you know or if she's being a helpmate in some sort of if you're having a, a rough moment or a rough day or something if she's there for you and stuff like that is is indicators and the same way on the other side, like, you know what I'm saying? You can tell if a dude is really interested in you based off of his conversation, just his conversation, like really his conversation. If his conversation is all about sex, then that pretty much shows you what he's about. But if he's genuinely trying to take you out, if he's trying to spend time with you on in a, a consistent basis, that means he enjoys your company. That means he wants to be around you. And, yeah, sex may come up sometimes or whatever because obviously he thinks you're attractive. But if it's more about him trying to see you, be around you, and, you know what I'm saying, cater to you, then that means that he actually is interested in you. He actually enjoys being in your presence. He enjoys your company and stuff. There's indicators but, you know, most people get caught up into what other people saying, the good, good girlfriends, what social media is saying and stuff like that, that they they lose sight of that. People aren't comfortable enough with themselves and people aren't comfortable enough with themselves or secure enough with themselves to just enjoy themselves, be in the moment and date. The person that they date, you know, it always got to be, I know from a man's point of view, from the gate, there's always like some stuff that we got to deal with. But I'm going to get to that later. But moving on.
And this one is basically a segue into what I was just talking about. Here we go. After our first date, we went like on some little walk by the pond, real cute. And the next day, he sent me like a full spa care package. For what? Uh-oh. Like what? I ain't going to hold y'all. A spa care package. I'm talking about like facials, deep stone, massage, everything after one date. That right there is a red flag to me now. Like when people start <laughs> giving you big packages and big presents like so early on, that's a red flag. That's the beginning of love bombing. Here we go with these terms right here. And that's why I say, and I know I, I follow a lot of uh, therapists and I know they get tired of like these terms being used all over the place. I get tired of it too. I'm not a therapist, but just like people just be throwing around terms and words and stuff like that and just don't be knowing the meaning of it. So for one, it's a lot of women out here that ain't never been treated right. So they look at shit like this and they think that is love bombing. Just like with women who dating dudes that just ain't about the drama and you know what I'm saying about his business doing this thing and they look at him as being born. It's the same shit. This is the definition of love bombing. The action or practice of lavishing someone with attention or affection, especially in order to influence or manipulate them. I have experienced love bombing in my life. I've experienced it before I even knew the definition of it, before I even knew that there was a term for it. But I also have experienced someone trying to treat me right that actually generally cared about me and maybe saw it as love bombing because of my own shit that I was going through, because of my insecurities, my depression. I ain't going to say my the depression that I was going through, the anxiety that I was going through, the hypervigilance that I was going through, and that I didn't trust it, or I was afraid that I was afraid to let go of my my inhibitions, my the walls I had up and stuff like that, my fears, and to just embrace it. And that's a lot of people. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that got fears and they get caught up into what somebody has told them or something that they've gone through and they think the next person's going to do to them or just not understanding that, you know, stuff is temporary. Like you can't predict and you can't control when something has to be let go or something is over, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to play these two clips, right? And these two clips comes from a, a, a story that I came across on Twitter the past couple of days. And I thought it was very interesting. And I thought it was perfect for this particular topic. And I love how all this stuff comes together for my podcast. <laughs> so let me pull that up. Let me see. Let me find it. Uh, here we go. This is part one of the story. Recording myself every day until I get kissed. Day one. Day two. Day three. I forgot yesterday's, but day f five. Day six. I missed like the last three days. Day eight. You already know I forgot some days. It's day ten. Okay, I still haven't been kissed, but I think I got ass out on a date. We've been uh, messaging back and forth for a little while, and 
is not smiling. He showed up to the tattoo studio today and he brought me grapes and he sat with me for two hours while I tattooed my leg. He got a retwist today. Um, I got kissed. <laughs> Can confirm it was not a date that he asked me on initially. However, I did tell him yesterday that I liked him and he did say he feels the same way, so. Yesterday he kissed me and I said, thank you. And he laughed. <laughs> also, we both got asked to walk in New York Fashion Week by different designers. Universe? Um, we did mushrooms yesterday together on the full moon during the lunar eclipse and jump timelines. So we both agreed that we are not looking for a relationship today. Um, that's like very atypical of me. But it feels right. It feels right. No one has time for that. Uh, we're focused on what we got going on. But like, I think that made him like me more. We'll see. <laughs> I really like him. <laughs> also, he picked me flowers the other day and brought them to me at, at the studio. I retwisted his hair today and then we did a nude photo shoot outside for my birthday and then we watched the sunset. Also, update, definitely, that's my man's. He doesn't know it yet, but I know it. And actually he knows it too. He's just, you know men. I'm just waiting, just waiting. So I guess you can say we made it official today. Also, I met a girl. He and I had the best weekend. I was house sitting at my friend's house and he came and just like stayed with me for like three days. But it's kind of sad because he's moving to Vegas soon in like two weeks. So actually, um, we decided to just be friends. Uh, miscommunication on the making an official thing. And um, yeah. He moved to Vegas today and I'm really gonna miss him, but we spent the day together yesterday and today on my birthday and it was the best time. He was love bombing me. We no longer speak. No, no regrets on cutting that off. <laughs> <laughs> so now he was love bombing her because it didn't go her way. This is what I was talking about right here. So I'm gonna play part two of this story so let me pull that up give me give me some time give me give me a moment to pull that up let me get up let me get this queued up <laughs> oh man here go part two part two right here tell you guys something for everyone who thinks that he didn't love bomb me and i was just delusional here's some facts was I being delusional when I said that I didn't want a relationship too? Sure, may have gaslit myself. Acknowledged. That's my right. But I truly did. So she does realize that she was delusional. She took a little accountability, but not really took accountability. <laughs> so this is what I talk about with, there's a lot, I ain't gonna say a lot of women. There's some women out here that, when they don't get what they want from a man, they blame the man. And they don't look at it as though, this is why I had to explain that men, we date, first, physically, we're attracted to a woman. Then we date the woman. Then if 
while we're dating a woman, we we aren't interested in the woman or we don't feel that anything can go further or we don't feel that this is the right person for us, then we move on, but then we still get blamed. Like, And this is why I say this is the programming around women that tells them that anytime they date a man and it goes good that they feeling all the feelings and all that other stuff, all the good stuff, which they should feel when a man is doing something good for them. You know, it's not bad to have these feelings. But then as soon as it is not going their way anymore, then the man is uh, he ain't shit and all that other stuff. And they got to go on social media and and project it and go to their good, good girlfriends and remember all the stuff that their mama and their good aunties and all bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is life, bro. Like, this is something that I even had to learn. <laughs> like, everything ain't going to go your way. Like, it, everything, I don't <laughs> Like, I, it explains itself. It explains itself, really. But let me continue with part two. Believe that at the time. Even though the conversation was not, I don't want a relationship with you. The conversation was, I don't want a relationship right now, but I do see a future with you. And I want you in my life forever. And I love you. All things that in hindsight, I know mean absolutely nothing from a man. And after the conversation about not wanting to be in a relationship, he continued to do things that a boyfriend would do. Calling me baby. <laughs> and, th- and this is the delusion right here. Whether y'all was in a co- committed relationship or not, I ain't going to do no explain. I'm just going to play it. I played a clip because, of, like, it is, there is delusion around this. Like, the dude, really, I don't know these people. I don't know what the hell else went on with them. But just because it didn't go her way doesn't mean that he wasn't feeling her, that he didn't like her, that he didn't see a future with her. It's obvious that was obvious to me based off of these clips that she's caught up into the program and the narrative of, you know, happily ever after, the fairy tale thing. And not saying that she shouldn't feel the way that she feel and the things that she feeling isn't valid, valid, but that doesn't mean that it's supposed to work out the way that you think it's supposed to work out. That it's supposed to end the way that you think it's supposed to end. And from what I'm getting from this situation is, is that he probably didn't say that he didn't, he wanted to stop dealing with her, but because it wasn't going the absolute 100% way that she wanted to go, that she ended it. Picking me flowers, driving an hour to my house, sleeping in his car, waking up the next morning, texting me to come outside, let's smoke and go on a walk. But he didn't love bum me. Y'all are crazy. Let me tell you guys. He didn't love bomb her. He was genuinely interested in her. But because it didn't go her way, then she decided to end it. And there's a lot of women out here that do the same thing. 
I mean, it just is what it is. Like, you can disagree with me, and that's fine. Um, and I won't take away nobody else's experience, but that's just how I see it. <laughs> see it. <laughs> but I'm going to read the um, definition of love bombing once again. <laughs> the action or practice of lavishing someone with attention or affection, especially in order to influence or manipulate them. From the story she told, it in no way, I didn't see him trying to influence or manipulate her in any type of way. He was just doing what he felt. But because it didn't go her way, then she had a problem with it. Like I said, I don't know all the ins and outs of everything like that, but these situations happen a lot. <laughs> but we got to be careful about the words, the terms and stuff that we use and really understanding the definition. That's why, like, I don't like that cliche term of actions matter more than words and stuff like that. All that shit matters just the same. The words matter just as much as the actions matter. Because those words come from thoughts. Thoughts turn into words. Words come into actions. And then a lot of times, those words don't translate into actions because people deal with stuff. People deal with depression. People deal with anxiety. People deal with fears and all that other stuff. So that's why I don't subscribe anymore to the if the person wanted to, they would. Because that doesn't mean anything. Because there's a lot of things out here that I wanted to do. And I'm not talking just relationship stuff. I'm talking period. There's a lot of things that I wanted to do. A lot of things that I wanted to experience and stuff like that. But I didn't do it because of the fears I had. Because of the depression that I was suffering with. The insecurities. The anxiety. The hypervigilance. Like that is a thing. Like we got to allow people to just be people. And have some type of understanding and give people grace on certain things. And I'm not talking about all the time because it is some ancient people out here. I mean, I understand that. I get it. But you can't have it your way and expect people to have understanding when you are dealing with these things and they're not giving these people, other people, that same grace and that same, you know, understanding. It doesn't work that way, but that's the way the world that we live in, and that's what happens. <laughs> so, yeah. Moving along to the next um, clip, and I'm about to start ending the pod here, but I wanted to get this stuff in because I feel like all this stuff relates to it. It's just about understanding people and just understanding yourself and the security and, you know, dealing with outside talking and all that other stuff but here we go right here he's cheating because the other woman has created a safe emotional space where she one respects him she honors him he cheating like a big dog 
but she still honors him. She still admires him. She still appreciates him. She still honors him. He's safe in that environment. He can let his head down without feeling like he's made to feel like a little kid. I'm not saying it's right. It's never right. I'm saying why it happens. Because the side chick makes him feel a certain way. The side chick knows how to talk to him. The side chick embraces his flaw, embraces his issue, his brokenness, and don't make him feel bad about it. That's why he'll leave work and go to her house and not come home. Cause if he come home, he already know what he gonna get. Or he'll go to the bar, or he'll just sit in his car in the park. I talk a lot about this cause I'm an African American male therapist and it's hard to get black men in my office. So I talk a lot about this cause I wanna get more men in my office to create that safe space to be able to talk. And like the clip said, this is coming from a black male therapist. He's a couples counselor. And the title of the video was One Reason Men Cheat. And you heard what he said. I'm going to play it again, though. Um, and like he said in the clip, it doesn't mean that it's right. And I agree with him. It doesn't mean that it's right. But there's a reason behind it. He's cheating because the other woman has created a safe emotional space where she, one, respects him. She honors him. He's cheating like a big dog but she still honors him. She still admires him. She still appreciates him. She still honors him. He's safe in that environment. He can let his head down without feeling like he's made to feel like a little kid. I'm not saying it's right. It's never right. I'm saying why it happens. Because the side chick makes him feel a certain way. The side chick knows how to talk to him. The side chick embraces his flaw, embraces his issue, his brokenness, and don't make him feel bad about it. That's why he'll leave work and go to her house and not come home. Cause if he come home, he already know what he gonna get. Or he'll go to the bar, or he'll just sit in his car in the park. I talk a lot about this cause I'm an African American male therapist and it's hard to get black men in my office. So I talk a lot about this cause I wanna get more men in my office to create that safe space to be able to talk. And he caught, he caught some flack for it. Like this clip right here went viral. And he calls him flack for it. And he had to respond to it. Um, it went viral and it said, male therapist says the main reason men cheat is because the other woman has created a safe emotional space for him. And he, this was his response to it. He says, what I said was one reason men cheat. I also said cheating is never right. Never, nevertheless, my goal as a licensed therapist is to help couples thrive through deeper understanding. That's the word right there, understanding. And that's what is lacking with, when it comes to men and women, particularly in the black community, understanding. We are all, we are all in, in the black community, so-called black community, we are too busy competing and who did what and all this other stuff, who's hurting more and all that. And we not coming together. We not connecting because we're not being vulnerable. We're not properly communicating. And we're not having any type of understanding between each other. Damn, I just had this thought that I want to watch the Poetic Justice when um, I just had crazy ass thought. I just want to watch Poetic Justice. I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, moving along. Here's a clip that I came across. And it's from an elderly lady, elderly uh, black lady. And her granddaughter asked her a question about cheating and i thought this was interesting 
So, here we go. You don't? No. You don't ever worry about whether or not your man has got other women? No? Not if he's doing what he's supposed to do at home. Oh, okay. All right. Why would I worry? Because I would think you would want him to yourself. You don't want to have to share no man with another woman. Well, how would you ever know the difference? Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, if I guess if you look for the difference, you'd probably find it. But you look, <laughs> to me, you just wasting a lot of your time that you could be doing something you like to do to be trying to follow some man. Yeah, I agree with that. So you got the best. You got the best advice. You're so smart. If he got somebody else, and what if I found out what? Then what am I gonna do? Leave and go where? I don't know. And I know it's a lot of people, a lot of women that don't agree with this. They look at it like that they find out they're going to leave and all this other stuff. But what I found interesting about this, and this is coming from a woman. This is coming from an elderly woman. She's a different generation and all this other stuff. But you saw a granddaughter agree with her when she actually explained it or whatever. Like, But what I found interesting about this was, like, I was having a conversation with uh, my barber a couple of weeks ago. And... He randomly brought up this conversation. He was like, you know what I'm saying? If my wife was cheating or whatever, what does it matter to me? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be concerned with trying to go out here, trying to figure out if she doing something or whatever. That That's going to consume me. He was like, I'd rather be focusing on me and doing the things that I love and jo- enjoy and stuff like that. And I understood where he was coming from because I'm in a different place now. Like before, before I started going to therapy or whatever, I was always consumed with being left, being rejected, being abandoned or whatever, because those are the things that I was used to. That's, that was my foundation as a kid or whatever. And the things that I uh, experienced with my parents and stuff like that and how I saw life because of that. But, you know, when I started going to therapy and when I started really being like deep in the therapy and understanding, you know, life and feelings, thoughts and all that other good stuff that I had to like challenge myself and work on not being focused on everybody else and what somebody else is doing and all that other stuff. I had to be focused on myself, building myself up and, you know, doing the things that I enjoy, I love and stuff like that, because you can't control nobody. You can't control no situation or whatever. All you can control is yourself. And that's one of the things that isn't talked about enough. That's one of the things that's lost. You have a lot of these women empowerment, women out here, these dudes out here, there's relationship coach and all that other stuff, talking that bullshit based off of their hurt and their pain and the things that they haven't healed from. Um, also with the trying to find validation through, you know, the the bullshit that they be throwing out there and stuff like that. And they stirring people in the wrong direction. And that's why I understand why a lot of therapists out here uh, get annoyed by, you know, these uh, life coaches or these social media influences and the stuff that they be putting out there because a lot of the stuff not saying that therapists are the ultimate 
beings that you need to learn from. But I get, you know, some aspect of where they coming from with, you know, just throwing these these uh, quotes out here or these this relationship advice or this life advice and stuff like that. And they really haven't. And it's not really factual information. It's, it's more so coming from a personal opinion or uh, a projection of things that they've gone through or animosity that they got towards somebody else and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I was laughing through the whole video because I was just like, it, it's, it's true as hell. Like, how would you even know if, if you ain't going out here looking and seeking and all that other stuff? If you're so focused on trying to control another person or control the situation or making sure you don't get hurt and all this other stuff, then that shit is going to consume you. It's going to consume you. Like, either you're going to trust the person or you're not going to trust the person. It it comes down to an insecure mindset and a secure mindset. Anybody can be cheated on. Anybody can be cheated on. But if you're spending the majority of your time, your life, on trying to confirm that, then anything that you find is going to um, validate you in that moment. It just is. So I got this last clip and I'm going to end the pod. Here we go. Sexual jealousy is um, in a sense more intense for men because men value uh, sexuality more than women do. Like emotional cheating is deeper for women and sexual cheating is deeper for men. So it's harder for a man to overcome sexual infidelity than it is for a woman to overcome uh, sexual infidelity and it's also more difficult for a woman to overcome emotional infidelity than it is for her to overcome sexual infidelity because they place two different values on those things two different weighted values so emotional infidelity means more to women because as I said emotions is how men demonstrate you know allocating resources investing in resources so if a woman if a man is cheating emotionally then to that woman that means he's giving that woman other things that he normally gives her which means he really likes her whereas a woman if she's cheating, then that means she has the uh, possibility of conceiving that man's child and him um, fathering a child that's not his. So we take that much more seriously because of that possibility, because of that paternity uncertainty. A lot of domestic abuse comes from women who have committed an act of infidelity or they perceive that the woman has committed an act of infidelity. A man is much more likely to put his hands on her if he finds out because of that sexual jealousy. Like a pride thing, do you think? Like, does it just hit the pride or does it... Is it more of a, it's built into your DNA? That it's oh. both. I say the pride stems from what's built into your DNA. Okay. Yep. I, I think that's a very concise way to finish off what you're saying. But I'm just going to speak a little further on this because this comes from this dude, the dude that was speaking his uh, behavior of sciences in a relationship coach. Excuse me, burp number eight or nine, I don't know. When it comes to cheating, and this will be a topic that will be going on forever. Men cheating sexually isn't 
if men cheat sexually from a man's point of view it doesn't it's not a big deal because sex is just sex there's some men out here that just look at sex as just sex it's like a form of masturbation but just with a woman with an actual human body But when a man experienced a woman cheating on him in a sexual manner, it's different. He he perceives it or he receives it differently because he understands how a woman gets to that point. It takes, he understands what he had to go through to get sex from a woman. Whether it's with that actual woman that he's in a relationship with or just throughout his life. It takes some effort. It's not as easy as most men like to make it. There's some men out here that could just get sex. You know what I'm saying? Some men out here just got the the charisma, the looks, and even the money to just get sex without having to put in a lot of effort. And then a man understands that a woman cheating, it comes from an emotional level because there actually has to, you actually have to have a, a lot of conversation with that woman. You actually have to put in some work, some courting, <laughs> some dating to get that. I can't speak from a woman's point of view, but... What I will say is that I can understand how a woman can be um, can feel with a man cheating. Um, and just based off of that clip or whatever, from his explanation of the emotional aspect from a woman being emotional and a woman doesn't want another woman to have her man. And when she finds out that it was in a different level, just outside of sex, where comes from a, a aspect of him doing things for her or going out on dates and stuff like that or you know spending time with her then yeah I can get that but there is a difference between a man cheating and a woman cheating I'm not you know sitting here trying to make an excuse for either or side but the point of me playing the clip was that there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between men and women, particularly in our so-called community, the black community. There's a disconnect between a black man and a black woman where there's communication, understanding, validation, whatever it is. But there's a disconnect. And a lot of people think that they're just great partners, men and women. And I hate to say this, but I'm going to say majority women think that they're great partners just because they aren't cheating. But just based off of the whole episode, are you appreciative? Are you selfless? Are you considerate? 
are you manip- manipulative, insecure, all that good stuff. Like, we got to stop um, measuring the the relationship based off of who's cheating and who's not. Because some men are selfish as hell. Some women are selfish as hell. You know, um, some men are manipulative. Some women are manipulative. Some people just don't care. Some people aren't intent. Some people aren't vulnerable. There's women that aren't vulnerable. There's women that aren't communicating. There's men that ain't communicating. There's women that ain't, I mean, there's men that ain't vulnerable. You know, there is a disconnect. There's a lot of emotional trauma, emotional immaturity between the man and the woman that is causing this disconnect. And I'll leave it at that. This is Takes to Consider Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. Once again, shout out to all the YouTube viewers, all the YouTube subscribers. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you download, like, and share. Support me because I deal with shadow bands. Shout out to all the people who hit me up in the DMs. Shout out to all the people who support me. Um, I definitely want to put more emphasis on the people who actually support me um, because I appreciate you because there's a lot of people out there that I expect to support me that don't. And I appreciate, I want to put emphasis on the people who actually support me and I appreciate you. I I love you, man. Like, I'm I'm here for you. (laughs) Like, if you want to talk, whatever, I'm here for you. Y'all know my socials, y'all. If you got my number, whatever, I'm here for you. Um, yeah, so I appreciate you. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Music. Um, shout out to the UNU Network. Um, yeah, if you want to donate to the show, you can cash at me. Um Make sure you check out the new uh, Taste Reviews Drink Edition, Episode 5 on YouTube. If you donate to the show, that it will be going to the show. It will be going to, it particularly, it will be going to the uh, <laughs> drink, the uh, Taste Reviews Drink Edition, buying them bottles. It ain't cheap. Yeah, so, yeah, um, I'm trying. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Um, I want to keep doing it, you know. But it all comes down to support. It actually it comes down to support, you know. Um, but I appreciate you. Um, um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Taste to Consider Podcast. I'll be back next week. And episode six of Taste Reviews Drink Edition will be coming. The non-government shutdown <laughs> episode. So, yeah, I'm out. Let's go.